We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. You are the reason the Brodo machine keeps on pumping. And if you want to join the community, support Brodo, and get a ton of extras for as little as $3 a month, please visit patreon.com slash brotofantasy to support the show, the app, and get access to a ton of extras, including an extra waiver wire show every week during the season, early access to shows, access to Brodo Leagues, does your league suck? This won't, proven DFS cash game optimizers, access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, and access to the greatest community in the world, not just the fantasy world, the entire world, the Brodo community on Discord. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the app, please consider joining. Your contributions go a long way. Again, that is patreon.com slash brotofantasy or follow the links on brotofantasy.com or the Fantasy Football by Brodo app to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. It's week five. Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Oh, and uh, Anna, Theo, Tria, Tessera, Pende. Yeah. Week Pende. Yeah, yeah. That's Greek for you. I forgot. He's if you didn't know. If you don't know. If you think we're just Patrops, we're not just Patrops. We, that's only half our name. We're Patropolises. Patropoli, some would call us. And I'm here. It's just it's just us Patropolis here. It's me. And it's Michael. No Matt today because he had to um he had to take care of some life. Some life. You know? Sometimes life takes takes a, gives you a curveball and then you gotta hit it out the park. Mac Matt tends to hit it out the park. Look, when life gives me lemons, I make beef stew. All right, Andy Milanakis, another great Greek um, out, out here. We met Andy Milanakis one time. You did. I did not. Oh, you weren't there? No. No, I met Mil- You and, just and, came back and told me about it. And Jason Muse. They were just chilling in like this random, like uh, old school, like they sold sandwiches and um, and, and, and uh, ice cream floats. It was like very old school, like magazines. Like this old school deli in a in a small town in New Jersey called Highlands, New Jersey. Shout out to Highlands, New Jersey. Um, yeah, and they were just there, mad random. Yeah, the I only in, time I didn't go to the damn deli with you. I I live in New York City, and I uh, I met celebrities in a in a random in a random uh, ca- old school cafe in in New Jersey. Um, anyway, uh, by the way, we we played the uh, Patreon ad this, uh, before, so let me tell you about the Fantasy Football by Brodo app because that is the only app you need to be your own expert and dominate in fantasy football. And I'm going to tell you what right now. Today we have a bunch of uh, exclusive Brodo stats because really after week four, we, ha- we now have a good good sample size where we're going to be able to um, really get into it. And uh, re- our, our stats become way more sticky. They become way more meaningful because now you've had a, a good sample of what guys are capable of and one of the stats that's exclusive to Brodo literally you cannot find anywhere else is true defensive matchup I mean true, true matchup excuse rank. me true matchup <laughs> rankings and what it is, is 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 it's defensive points over average we called it last year this year we're calling it true matchup ranks the actual number is defensive points over average so get, let me give you an example because I'm going to be referring to this a lot a lot a lot at uh, during this episode. So if you're going down the list of who gives up points to quarterbacks, okay, Kansas City 
who's giving up 21.8 points, is the sixth best matchup according to defensive points over average. Now, what does that mean? That means that Kansas City gives up 46.9% more points to the players they actually play than those players average against other teams. Bang, bang. So, give you another example. So, Kansas City, who was the original example, 21.8 points. Cleveland has only given up 15.9 points, and they are just below Kansas City in defensive points over average. They're the seventh best matchup. You're like, oh, Tim, what are you talking about? Kansas City's been giving up 21.8. Cleveland's been giving up 15.9. That is an entire 100 yards. No, that's an entire... Uh, depending on your scoring system, 50 to 100 yards and a touchdown for a quarterback. Like, what are you talking about? Well, again, you're only comparing them to the people that they've played. If you go back and see, the Browns have played in week one, Baker Mayfield. Week two, the Jets and Joe Flacco. Week three, the Steelers and Mitch Trubisky. And week four, the Falcons and Marcus Mariota. These guys are not very good. And And Cleveland is allowing them to have great games, particularly Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield had his best game, Jacoby Brissett um, is on the Browns, uh, Mitch Trubisky had a bad game because he always has a bad game, Mariota wasn't 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 bad, right? So they've given up that extra to them. On the other hand, you have Kansas City. Kansas City on this young season has played Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady. That shows you exactly in a microcosm what true matchup ranking is. And true matchup ranking is one of how many exclusive stats we have at this point, like five or six? Mm -hmm. Exclusive stats and every single just regular stat and player cards and usage charts and uh, snap percentage and game logs that are super in-depth and give you all the type of PPR points, standard points, half PPR points, literally everything you need. Waivers, rankings, all of it is available for free right now. Fantasy Football by Brodo App. So, with that being said, now that you understand uh, true matchup rankings, because I'm going to say true matchup rankings a lot. So, I hope everyone was paying attention when I just said that, because uh, if not, you might be a little uh, lost, because I'm going to say true matchup rankings about 170 times. 178 times, idiot. I mean, why wouldn't we, right? Like, your your regular old podcast is going to tell you that the Cleveland Browns are the 18th best matchup for quarterbacks. We know because of our exclusive stats and because of the genius mind of Santiago Casanova who who wrote this, um, you know, algorithm that puts this together. As he described it today, easy to understand, easy to apply, complicated math behind it, right? So the, that we're going to use that advantage every single time. Why do we even... We, we won't even consider Cleveland 18, 18th at all. Like, there's no reason to. They're 7th. That's, that's how we're doing this. So, with that being said, uh, Michael, are you ready for some news? Because, because we just had a big injury in the Thursday Night Football game. As you, uh, by the way, as you guys know, um, we're going to be watching the, the Thursday Night Football game as we podcast from you, as is tradition. Um, yep. So, the first piece of news literally happened five minutes, minutes ago. So, let's get into it. You know we can't do any news. Without Donny H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Nothing like Donny H on a Monday night. 
You know, uh, Michael used to not be able to hear Donny H when we were coming to each other uh, digitally. But now Donny Correct. H is back in your life, Michael. Yeah. Uh, also, Glorious. man, I promise I'm working on the uh, working on the the transitions. Me and the and the uh, guy who's working on the voice can't get on the same page about what we want to hear. So we're working on it. It's a little more complicated than I thought it was going to be. But we're out here. I promise it'll come to you uh, eventually. All right. So the first player news, Naheem Hines. Being evaluated for a concussion, he looked like uh, he had a Tua-type reaction where he wiggled and wiggled and wiggled and wiggled and wiggled. Um, did not look good. He's probably going to be out of the game because the NFL is being super cautious about all this stuff right now. Um, yeah, Naheem Hines out. So it looks like it's going to be the Philly, the Philip Lindsay show, um, which gives me an excuse to say that Philip Lindsay, in his first two seasons in the NFL, uh, had 4.8 yards per car- for, per carry, and he had 16 touchdowns. Right? These are these are stats for Philip Lindsay, and. On those stats that I just mentioned for Philip Lindsay, you have like a man. Philip Lindsay's like your running back version of Mitch Trubisky. I'm just gonna tell you this: Deion Jackson is getting the work right now, bro. 16 touchdowns. Only 10 other running backs in history have ever done that through their first 31 games. Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, Clinton Portis, Larry Johnson, Chris Johnson, Maurice Jones-Drew, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb. Yeah, and they weren't out of the league. Or on practice squads in year four and five. I don't know why you have to rain on my parade. Did I say? Did I say that I love Philip Lindsay? No, I'm just gonna say now that Philip Lindsay is in our lives again. You literally said to me like before we started recording, I love Philip Lindsay. I, but do I love <laughs> him as a play? Is what I'm saying. I love him as a as a person, as a human. I love his. I love the way he he uh, he was an undrafted free agent, bro, and he beat out a, a, fir- a second round draft pick to get his job, and then he he proceeded to do things that only ten of the best running backs in history have ever done. What's not to like about the guy? I didn't say he's going to succeed tonight. We'll see. Maybe he will. Um, Kenneth Walker limited in Thursday pa- Thursday's practice. So was Rashad Penny, um, but he returned to practice. So even though so limited on the wrong side, Ken Walker limited on the right side. Rashad Penny, what, are you putting a lot of stock into Rashad Penny's resurgence last week, or you think that was just a? An, I mean, Rashad Penny is has been a very efficient runner. His entire year, he's one of those guys who needs a lot of touches. Um, well, doesn't need a lot of touches. My, what was that? An ad, I assume you just uh, put on. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Roto World, get your shit together, Roto World. I'm trying to read a, the news. He doesn't need a lot of touches um, to break one out, but the games where he doesn't break one out, obviously it's um, it's concerning from a fantasy standpoint. Like we saw the first three weeks, he was basically useless. And then this past week against Detroit, he was useless for the first like half. There was already people victory lapping like, ha, you guys thought Rashad Penny was a good play against Detroit. Like at halftime, I saw so many receipts on, uh, on Twitter after that, because obviously Rashad Penny ended up with 140 yards and two rushing touchdowns afterwards. But I mean, I liked Rashad Penny all off season at his cost. He was going super late because I knew he could have games like this. The Seattle offense has been, just rolling, honestly. And, yeah, uh, surprisingly so. It's not a bad thing that Rashad Penny had this type of game. I'll tell you that much. Maybe uh, maybe Pete Carroll starts trying to get it to him uh, a little bit more, you know, start wearing down the defense a little bit. But, I mean, I still think he's more of a just like a flex type of guy than uh, like a strong RB2 or anything like that. Call me crazy, but I think that I am... I am not... I'm definitely not sold on the Seattle Seahawks. I'm like... I'm. I'm not not even not sold. Like I'm so not sold that I'm ready to. I'm. I, I don't believe in them at all. I mean, I don't think they're a good team either. 
They're just they're just uh they've been better than expected, but like I'm not scared of the Seahawks by any means, or I wouldn't be if I was in a an opposing team. Gerald Everett was added to the added to the injury report with a hamstring issue. Ugh. Uh oh. Did he practice? Uh got in a quote unquote limited session, according to this report. Uh right, by man, Roto World. Uh Let's see. Let's see what it says here. Everett could still be on the right side of questionable if he can bounce back and get in another limited on Friday, but it is probably unlikely. If he plays something against the Browns, it would be after it did not practice in a day of treatment. Fantasy managers don't yet have to rule Everett out of their minds, but do begin to make alternative arrangements. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But sometimes he's... I mean, Keenan Allen's probably going to be out again, too. What do you think about Donald Parham in his uh, in his stead? Uh, I mean, the tight end position is so ugly. If Keenan and Everett are out, maybe you give Parham a shot, but I don't know, man. That's that's tough. I got a streamer that I like this week, and we'll be talking about that later when we can talk about our streamers. How about yeah, that? Yeah. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Hunter Renfro, a concussion, uh, shed his non-contact jersey in Thursday's practice. Uh, he was upgraded from limited to full. Looks like Hunter Renfro is going to be back next week. Nice. Very nice. I mean, Hunter Renfro, is, he had a slow start to the season, and then the concussion. We'll see how this... Um, how this Raiders team operates against Vegas on Monday night. They typically give the the Chiefs a little bit of a hard time, so I expect it to be a close game. Rondell Moore back on the injured list, but this time for a new injury. Uh, it is a knee injury. He was limited in practice today. Um, he'll probably be listed as DNP on the wrong side of questionable for the Eagles, according to this report by Roto World. Oof. Uh that one's a tough one. You were just expecting Rondell Moore back. You saw that Greg Dortch role. Greg Dortch was having a great success in that role. And then when Rondell Moore great back, success. Greg, Greg Dortch sat his ass on the bench. Uh, so it was all Rondell Moore. So uh, tough one here. Uh, he still could play, but I'm I'm going to have a, an issue playing Rondell Moore. And this is a new injury. It's not even the hamstring that has been bothering him. It's a knee injury. So... That's not ideal. Tell me not. I know people can't see this, but doesn't that look like exactly like Terry, Teddy Bridgewater? It looks like Teddy Bridgewater. Like yes. there's this commercial where there's there's these two like uh, dueling people. It's in, like an Amazon commercial, and one of the dudes looks exactly like Teddy Bridgewater. Like I thought it was Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> for like the first time I saw this. Like tell me that doesn't, looks exactly like Teddy Bridgewater, bro. Like what no the one hell? can see Tim. They're listening to us. I mean, they could see it in their minds. I. I mean, like, they're probably watching the game, so. Maybe they I mean. maybe they'll remember. Oh, that guy looked like Teddy Bridgewater, and then hear us and be like, "Wow, geniuses!" I mean, I think this that is that's the type of stuff you get, man. This type of stuff you get. <laughs> T. Higgins was limited in Thursday's practice, which sucks because that is a bomb matchup that we're gonna be going over with later. I mean, limited so, is whatever. Yeah, if you're limited on a Thursday, you're gonna play. Yeah, we'll see. They don't seem to take it too serious, uh, but that definitely sucks. Um, David Montgomery was limited in Thursday's practice. It was his first practice of the week after sitting out Wednesday. Gives him at least a chance to play against the Vikings. Um, I don't know why the Bears would rush him back after, you know, you have Khalil Herbert. If I was the Bears, I wouldn't push it. I would bet against Montgomery playing this week. Yeah, that's what I. Keenan Allen did not practice on Thursday. Does not look he's good for be him. Out, yeah. You know, he's old. He's, he's got injured himself. Right. Not good. Ugh, not good, especially with the hamstrings. Uh, good if you have Gerald Everett. Brian Hoyer, concussion, was placed on injured reserve. Oh, feel bad for Brian Hoyer, man. Like, this was his spot. Bailey Zappy time. Bailey Zappy time. Uh, if you knew who Bailey Zappy was before yesterday, congratulations. Because um, that's impressive. 
Uh, I you guess know who Bailey Zappi was. Western Kentucky, fourth round pick. Come on, now. Yeah, even if you're a college football player, like Western Kentucky, like uh, I mean, he was a fourth round pick. He had a little bit of steam behind him. Fine, uh, he can he could work on his uh, his math projects later. Right, um, Brees Hall was limited in Thursday's practice. We're going to talk a little bit about Brees Hall later in the episode, I believe. So let's talk. Let's uh, let's not waste any time on Brees Hall right now. Tyreek Hill as well. Quad. This is a new listing. Thursday's practice, not good, uh, especially when you have a speed demon. The Man, quad they're is not fine. a good idea. If they're limited on a Thursday, they're fine. Not if they play, practice in full on a Wednesday. Give him a little, uh, a little rest. He's fine. C.D. Lamb, groin, did not practice Thursday, but he says he's fine. Michael Thomas. You, you know why, C.D. Lamb? Um, you know what he said exactly? Apparently, they like track his steps or something, the team and the team... Apparently he said that his uh, his steps were too high, so they oh. gave him a day of rest because he was walking around too much days before or some no shit. No more like, midnight walks, it says here. Yeah. What? Yeah. Apparently he's been walking around more than they want him to. I say I'll say this: during the pandemic, I would make it my mission to get ten thousand steps a day, and just walking is a really fun activity. If you have some headphones in, got a good podcast like the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's a, it's a nice time. Just you and yourself walking through the neighborhood. Um, Michael, T- <laughs> I sound mad old right now. Yes. Michael Thomas did not practice on Thursday. Obviously, an uphill battle for him to be cleared to play on Friday. Yeah. Uh, not looking good for Michael Thomas. Keep keep uh, keep your Chris Olave pumping. Oh yeah. Uh, we're gonna be talking about that Saints offense because I believe that there is some uh, there's some sleepers in the Saints offense this year and a very good matchup. Deontay Johnson. Was limited in Thursday's practice. He'll probably go. Daniel Jones was limited in Thursday's practice. Eh, eh. Not really anything else. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's uh that's good, Michael. I think that we're good. Good work, Tim. Not too long on the news and notes today. Was it? It was good. Another t- another day, another news and notes where I didn't have to say, "Come on, Tim." Behind the scenes, I feel like you didn't say much on that one. That one. Those are pretty uh, self-explanatory. It's all Thursday practice reports at this point. It's Thursday. Um, let's get in. Rashad to... Bateman is. They're hopeful he'll play, but it doesn't seem great. He did leave in the fourth quarter this past week, and uh, a midfoot injury. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So he's um he's someone to keep an eye on as well. There's also a couple more that I do have to do. I, I do have to mention. Amon Ross and Brown did not practice Thursday. I think you have to consider if you're Amon Ross and Brown uh, manager. They have a bye week next week. I think that's a big consideration. This seems like one of those where they can possibly win without him, and they might just say, hey, let's not mess around with this dude's ankle. Let's get him two straight weeks of rest, and let's get him back healthy. Well, Bateman did not practice today. You know, Josh Reynolds is going to be a probably another wide receiver, wide receiver three option if Amon Ra is out. 100%. Jahan Dotson also did not practice Thursday. It doesn't look like he's going to play. So I think that's also uh, news. Yeah, Jahan Dotson's out a couple of weeks or two. All right, let's get a into week our or two. I said a couple oh my weeks God. or two. Michael, shut your damn mouth. Let's get into let's get into this first category. The tier breakers up, guys that we think are going to jump their tier this week. So, for example, if they're usually a wide receiver two, they will become a wide receiver one. So, Michael, who is your first tier up? You mentioned him earlier, Tim, and he is now being mentioned. <laughs> Brees Hall. Ah, oh, nice. This I have one Brees Hall is in a lot of places, so I'm very happy about this. This one's simple for me, man. Look, Brees Hall, he's being ranked outside the top 24 running backs right now. I'm um, in expert consensus rankings. 
despite being a top 18 half PPR running back each of the last three weeks, that's top 15 in PPR because he's been catching so many passes. The Dolphins are 10th in points over average against running backs, but are 8th in receiving to running backs. And uh, eighth, eighth best matchup for receiving running backs. And Hall is second among all running backs and targets on the entire season. Second, he's the been, rookie. He's been clearly the guy that has been the receiving back for the for the Jets. Yeah, and he's fifth in the league in receptions as well for running backs. He just separated himself from Michael Carter for the first time in week four, getting the majority of snaps, 17 to nine rushes and six to three in targets. It makes no sense to me, the fact that he's being rated outside the top 24. I think he has RB1 upside and is a clear RB2. I think he's a clear top 20 back this week. And he's my first tier breaker up. I thought I, th- I thought this one was a, uh, a no-brainer. High-end RB2 being treated as a flex option. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think that a lot of people, you know, this is kind of how the script goes when there's rookie running backs with a a less talented incumbent. It usually takes about four weeks before they take over, and and I think you saw that last week. Brees Hall looks the part as well. We've been watching the Jets very closely a lot, and Brees Hall definitely looks the part. So that's a that's a positive as well. That he does. Um, let me get into my first one. A guy that was drafted uh, a year before uh, Brees Hall, but is technically a rookie this year because he didn't play in his first year. Travis Etienne is my stock up. Now, is he uh, technically a rookie? Is that No, no, no. The, I mean, he's like a rookie the, like, in you know spirit. The, the MLB, you could play up to like yeah, 50 at bats or something, you could still be a rookie the next year. Travis Etienne can't win rookie of the year even though he didn't play his rookie season? That's a good question, bro. I don't know. That's kind of fucked up. If you think <laughs> about it. It is. What do you think about Hideki Matsui winning the MVP and the rookie of the year at the same year? Hideki Matsui MVP. What are you talking about? He won rookie of the year and MVP. Oh no, I'm sorry. Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro Suzuki. I think that's dope. He was a rookie, technically. <laughs> but they didn't do it to. They got uh, they got tired of it and they gave it to Angel Baroa, Angel Baroa, instead of Hideki Bro, Matsui. Oh, Angel Baroa. In, in a racist, in a mad racist thing that no one talks about. That was mad racist. Just because Hideki Matsui is Japanese, he didn't win Rookie of the Year. I don't. I mean, I think I was too too young to even. Yeah. I remember those guys. It was like 2004. I was nine years old. Until yeah, I don't know what's making me talk about this right now. Um, Travis Etienne. That was one weird way to get to Travis yeah, Etienne. Absolutely. Uh, so this is what you get. Look, originally when I was uh, filling out this chart, I was going to uh, put James Robinson here because what, I what I believe chart? This, oh, writing like, your notes. Yeah, yeah, the notes. Like so, because <laughs> I believe that James Robinson uh, has a good chance to have a good game in this one too. I think there's enough room. Uh, for both of these players who are going against the Texans, who the Texans are giving up 100% more points than the running backs are averaging otherwise. They are the best matchup in points over average. So, I mean, defensive points over average. So, definitely, the, 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 there's enough room for both of these players to eat. But I figured, you know, I'm going to give the workhorse the edge. Well, workhorse is an interesting way to talk about James Robinson because just like we were talking about how Brees Hall was kind of taking over quietly and very, very quietly, uh, quietly I said twice, you have the, you have Travis Etienne, the quote unquote rookie doing the same. Let me tell you, let me tell you what it is. Now snap counts, week one, Travis Etienne actually outsnapped James Robinson, but James Robinson had 75% of the rushes. Okay, so uh, very important to note there because he was the main back. The next week, 
Robinson out out snapped Travis Etienne two to one. He had seventy one percent of the rushes again. It looked like James Robinson was heading for a uh, fantasy like MVP type season where you got him in the tenth round and he was great, and everyone expected that to stay. And then in week three, Travis Etienne started creeping a little more. All of a sudden, Travis Etienne got thirteen carries and three targets to. Uh, James Robinson, 17 carries and three targets. Until last week against the Eagles when Travis Etienne outsnapped James Robinson and they split rushes 50-50. And in terms of opportunity, Travis Etienne got more opportunity than James Robinson did. So while you're not paying attention because you assume that James Robinson is, is getting that work, which he still is. This is still like a, a, a backfield where both of them can eat. I think that if you've been sleeping on on Travis Etienne, then it's time to wake up because he can have a nice game in this one. I think he's a, he could be an RB two territory. Um, I think that both. I would I would say James Robinson's in high end RB two territory. Travis Etienne is in low end RB two territory. So James Robinson about where you would expect. But I think Travis Etienne could have a good game, especially if he scores a a, a touchdown. Uh, this is a situation where the Houston Texans have been super susceptible to the pass catching running back, and Trevor Lawrence is has been getting the ball out super quick all year. That's why Christian Kirk has been eating. Uh, I think that this one could have a receiving uh, game to it. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think Travis Etienne is a guy that you could start with confidence for the first time this year. Because so far, this would be a, this is a stretch too, because so far he has not performed above wide receiver uh, at RB3 at all. So uh, this is a, uh, this would be a first. Usually I don't like doing that, but I I think this is the, the matchup. Yeah, I hate it. What are you going to do? It's his life. Tell me why you hate it. Because James Robinson's the main back. I'm not buying into Travis Etienne, um, like, just taking over now or anything like that. It was a weird uh, weird game for the Jaguars last week. Um, they, they really weren't operating. They weren't getting anything done on offense. So I'm not – I'm just kind of, like, writing that off a little bit. I'm not buying super into it. I just they, think they – I don't think anything's going to change. They came back at the end of that game. No, they were up 14-zip because of their defense early, and then they just completely stopped scoring. They scored one more touchdown the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, that, but that last touchdown came yeah, at, and the, at the it's end. It's not even like while they were trailing. Like, ETN didn't even catch a pass. He had one target on the entire day. I'm just – I'm not buying it at all. That's one more target than James Robinson, though. I'm not buying it at all, kid. All right. We'll see. Well, we shall see. Uh, Michael, you want to make a bet? What's the bet? ETN, top 24. Half PPR. Yeah. Sure. Put it down. Michael, I hope to make like five bets with you just this week. I might I might just like sabotage myself, but we haven't been betting enough. It's cuz it's right. cuz I feel like Matt is uh is is new to the the program, so we haven't been challenging him enough. I think we got to challenge him more and bet with him. You right. He's right. he's he's a he's a he's like Kenny Rogers, he's the gambler. All right, Michael. Who's you're next? All right, I'll write down this uh this bet afterwards. <laughs> My second Philip stock Lindsay's up. trending right now, Mike. <clears throat> yeah, because he put that out there. was activated today. Shut up. My second stock up, I'm staying with the running back position. Another one who's being treated as a flex option, which I think is a little silly. And that's Devin Singletary. Look, I know the name Devin Singletary just makes people say yuck at this point, and rightfully so for his first uh, several seasons, but it really shouldn't. When Singletary was balling at the end of last season, he was the workhorse for the Bills. That's when they committed to him as a workhorse. That wasn't the case the first couple weeks of this season with James Cook, the rookie, Zach Moss even getting some burn, but the Bills quickly realized that Singletary's their best back yet again. After playing 
73% of snaps in week three with a 64% rushing share and a 17.5% target share. Singletary jumped to 88% of snaps in week four, 78% rushing share, and a 13.9% target share. No other Bills running backs or more than six snaps in the entire game. Six snaps. It was just Hot Singletary's damn. backfield. He has 30 half PPR fantasy points over the last two weeks. And the Bills are 14-point favorites against the Steelers. I'm a little concerned that they might take a huge lead and then, you know, he gets he gets rested a little bit. But if they take a huge lead, I think Singletary is going to be a big part of that. I think he has a good shot to find the end zone. I think he's a mid-range RB2 this week rather than a that questionable flex play that some people uh, seem to think he is week in and week out despite changing circumstances. Look, you made a great point, Michael. You made a fantastic point. Well done. Good job. You don't like it because it's seven single third? I don't like it because we've, we've been in this trap before. This is a trap that we fell in before. He was nice at the end of last season. When he's getting 80% of touches, anyone in that backfield will put in work getting 80% plus touches. The James Cook truthers must be in shambles right now. I will say that. Shambles. Um, Let's get to my second one. My second one, and I, I don't know if Michael's going to like this one, is Damian Harris. Not a guy that I usually like playing, but with the news that it's going to be um, Mr. Zappy at quarterback. Um, they're going to get to zapping this running game, and that's for sure, because the Lions are one of the best matchups in the league against the run. They're giving up 27.8 uh, points to the running back position. That's 79.7% over average. That's the second best rank um, in the league so far this year. And the crazy thing is that They've actually been really good against the pass-catching running back. Um, against the pass-catching running back, only 14.6 uh, points. That's actually 20% below the average that those players are dra- uh, averaging. That's 25th in the league. But on the ground, they're giving up 152% more points. And if you look at the Brodo stats uh, for the usage charts, you'll see that in Week 4, Damian Harris did not out-snap Ramondre Stevenson. They've been splitting snaps basically 50-50. They are basically, a, you come in for one drive, you come in for one drive, you come in for one drive, you come in for one drive. That's how they do it. And uh, although Ramondre Stevenson got 23.8% of the targets, it was Damian Harris with more rushes. Damian Harris has been the rushing uh, the rushing guy. He's been the, the ground-and-pound uh, dude for this team. Uh, 56% of the rushes last week. I think that number stays the same, and I think he has a great chance of finding the end zone. I would not be surprised if the New England Patriots run the ball 40 times against the Lions, and I just don't think that the Lions have what it takes to to stop them right now. The, that defense has been porous. The defense has been trash. Uh, the, the I think the Lions are the first team in the history of football who have given up 280 points and scored 280 points. I heard that on the Around the NFL podcast today, but I'm not sure, like, how true that is, Dan Hansis. Shout out to Dan Hansis. Uh, Greeks in the building. Uh, so, yeah, I think both I think both Ramondre Stevenson and Harris could be played this week. Uh, someone asked us, would you rather play both Stevenson and Harris um, or Naheem Hines? I I leaned Stevenson and Harris over playing Naheem Hines. That ended up being a good decision because Naheem Hines is um, now out. Uh, shout out to him. Hopefully he gets, he gets healthy soon. But, yeah, uh, Damian Harris is my tier up for this week. Yeah, I mean, it's the same spot that uh, Rashad Penny was in last week. so Right, exactly. It makes sense, especially with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. They might run 30-plus times. Honorable mention, too, I want to say uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I know Terry McLaurin has been... Scary Terry. Yeah, super disappointing. Like, super, super disappointing. He, oh, I also had an honorable mention. 
No, you did you? Of uh, Tyler Conklin. Okay, Dolphins hold, are second hold on, hold on. in points over average of tight ends. Just want to throw that out there. Thank, thank you for deciding to mention that in the middle of me talking about. Terrible. My thoughts matter more. <laughs> like, why couldn't, you just wait till I was, out. why couldn't you wait till I was done, though? Just wait till I'm done. I'm impatient. <laughs> Terry McLaurin. Uh, this is why I think Terry McLaurin's a good play. No, no, Josh, no, uh, Jahan Dotson. And the Titans have been insanely bad against the wide receiver, the second best matchup uh, in the league against the wide receiver. So, you know. Curtis Samuel is not stealing work from Terry McLaurin. Yet in in I mean technically he is because he's getting targets, but it's Jahan Dotson who plays the same position as Terry McLaurin. Samuel is the gadget slot moving around the formation type dude. So, you know, it's it's been Dotson and with Dotson out, I think Terry McLaurin could have a good game against a bad secondary. All right, let's get into this second uh category. You ready? Let's do it. It's the tear breakers down down down. Who needs who needs editing? Um, I'm going with Najee Harris at Buffalo. Show me what you got, what you got, Najee. The, oh man, like you said, 14 point, uh, 14 point over under, and I don't even think this is one of those ones where they get into like a a close. Like Najee Harris makes. I don't. This I mean, guy has been terrible, believe, man. I still can't believe people are drafting him in the first round. Brodo was telling you not to draft him, and we were pretty adamant about it. And the reason we did is because last year he was a super inefficient on a lot of volume. And we warned that if he did not get the volume, the same volume they got last year, something bad could happen. And lo and behold, last year he was first, the top five in rushing attempts the whole season. This year, he, his 58 rushing attempts is 14th in the NFL. His, his 202 rushing yards is 26th in the NFL. His 80, 82 fantasy points is 24th. His 11.8 PPR fantasy points per game, which is which is really bad because it was the catches that made him great last year. He's 27th in targets with 11. He only has 10 catches right now. So the volume went down. The efficiency stayed the same. 3.5 yards a carry for him again this year. The offensive line is trash, and the Bills' front seven is amazing. So this is going to spell a terrible situation, even though I will say this. The Bills' run defense has been has been a – people have been able to score on them so far in fantasy this year. Um, but I think that's a complete – like yeah. when when you are winning by so much, you take away the pass, you let the – you know, you let the, the runs go. Yeah, I just can't. Like, I, I drafted 115 best ball teams. I drafted Najee Harris one single time. That's how much I hated Najee Harris at ADP. The only redraft that I have. 115 teams, bro? Best ball teams. The fuck? The only redraft um, Najee Harris roster ship that I have is a Brodo League where I had, like, the second pick, and Brodo listeners know not to draft Najee Harris. He fall all, all the way down to the second round, late second round, which... People who like Najee Harris would probably before the season would probably have been like, "Wow, you let him fall that far." That's a Broto Listener League. Yeah, the I Broto Listener League is always the I hardest one to draft. In. I wasn't gonna draft him, but then my fucking computer bugged out and I timed out. Yep, and I was given Najee Harris, and I was like, "Damn, I'm really gonna have Najee Harris," and that team is my worst redraft team. Michael decided he's like, "Hey, since I got Najee Harris, I'm gonna just draft for fun." So I guys, drafted so all Gabe the like Davis the volatile and, like, the players round. and stuff. Ugh, I mean, my gross. season's not over yet. I'm one and three. Nah, your season's but. over. Your season's definitely over. <laughs> um, let's get into my uh, second. Uh, no, I didn't even give you my first yet. Oh, we're, we're, we're talking about mine. 
Um, no, I, I don't care about your thoughts because you didn't care about my thoughts. All right. By the way, right, Tim, I'm just I'm going in. All right. All right I'm going fine. for my fine, my go. first tier down, and it's Damian Pierce. And I know I might sound like a hater by saying that because you guys know how I feel about Damian Pierce. You sound and, like three times a hater. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Damian Pierce has been fantastic over the last two weeks. <laughs> inside inside joke right there. <laughs> um, there's no denying that. But look, he's he's making me look not. Correct, fading him at his uh, fifth, sixth round cost thus far, but that it's a long season and it's just two of four games. The other two games he was absolutely useless, so um, time will tell. But right now, look, the Texans are the Texans. They do not have a strong offense. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are seven-point favorites, and the Jaguars are 14th in points over average to opposing, uh, to opposing running backs, which seems like a decent middle-of-the-pack matchup, except they're 23rd rushing which is not ideal for Damian Pierce, and 11th receiving. And Rex Burkhead, even when Damian Pierce went off, Rex Burkhead caught five passes and found the touchdown. Excuse me, found the end zone through the air. So Rex Burkhead has a role as a pass-catching back on this team. And now Damian Pierce, in a negative game script type game, low Vegas total RB14 right now is the expert consensus ranking. That blows my mind. I have an RB22. That was a little. I little think he's much. more of a low-end RB two with touchdown dependency. I think like fourteen carries for sixty-two yards, one catch, eight yards, no touchdowns is a actual line that could happen for Damian Oof, Pierce, and that it would be not good. be great. All right, so let me let me ask you a question because I'm not gonna lie, I had Damian Pierce or roughly around RB eighteen, um. But you've convinced me to drop him a couple spots. He's now at RB21. So let me ask you a question because these guys are around him in my rankings. Shoot. Who would you start over Damian Pierce? Let's start with Shoot. Khalil Herbert at Minnesota if... Um, I go Herbert if yeah, Montgomery's if out. If Montgomery doesn't play. Okay. Yeah. What about Jeff Wilson Esquire at Carolina? I'll give the Esquire a little bit of a nod. Um, Ramondre Stevenson versus Detroit. I have them back-to-back, but I'll give Pierce the little edge. I also have them back-to-back. Brees Hall versus Miami. Brees Hall. Really? Yeah. Devin Singletary versus Pittsburgh. Singletary. Ooh, Michael standing by his convictions. Yep. Um, what about Kareem Hunt? Oh, Pierce. What? Relax, mister. I love eight points from Kareem Hunt every week. Yo, you say do you say Devin Singletary is a play over here? But I, but I'm stupid. You know, Devin what? Singletary. Let me stop. Oh. No, 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 let me stop myself. Wait, wait. No, me, I have me, to. Go. Singletary versus Hunt. Oh yes, we oh, have one hundred percent. I'm with that. <laughs> okay. um, we're gonna be talking about uh, Kareem Hunt. That's another bet. That's bet number two. I, my goal is to have at least five bets in this in this episode. <laughs> so we'll see where that goes. All right, let me go into my second. Um, Stock down. My second stock down is for a very simple reason where he's playing the Rams and the Rams are the uh, second worst matchup right now, allowing 10.7 points to the running backs. And that is Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has been just another guy this year so far. He's been getting the work, but if he doesn't score a touchdown, you've been super disappointed. Um, his expert consensus rating is down in the 30s. That's where it, it seems like it's going to be from here on out. Even though Tony Pollard hasn't been really stealing much of the work, it's, it's Zeke's backfield two-thirds of the time. Zeke is getting most of the carries. Zeke is getting the the looks, although Pollard is taking some catching some uh, targets from him. He's getting most of the receiving work. So I just think this is a really bad matchup for Zeke. This is, he's not a sit by any means, but he's definitely a, a stock down, or not a stock down, a uh, tear breaker down. Um, against the Rams, who have in a very, very good run-stuffing defense. You know, Zeke, he's become a touchdown-dependent option type this season. I just 
the Cowboys need to get Dak Prescott back. Cooper Rush is, I mean, he's doing well enough. Like, he's getting wins for the Cowboys, but I miss the Cowboys putting up 30-plus points with uh, Dak just slinging the ball and the Cowboys being, like, a fun offense. Go, Chargers, go. Go, Chargers, go. What does that do with the Chargers? <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to annoy you, to be honest, and, and interrupt you with a random thing uh, so you know how it feels. You annoy me all the time. You're not going to annoy me by doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger go Chargers go. You, there's nothing less why? annoying than that in life. If that annoys you, you're a crazy person. Uh, you're you're a crazy <laughs> freaking person. Uh, well, do you know what? You'd be a real crazy person if you didn't want to have an advantage. No, you didn't let me do my second tier breaker down. You dingbat, bro. I was just about to say. <laughs> And your advantage is going to be listening to Michael say his tear breaker down. Oh, totally. <laughs> Can I do it now? Michael, give him the advantage. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> 20 times, <laughs> Jalen Waddle. Look, Jalen Waddle has so much hype around him. <laughs> and he's, he's he at this point, he's just looked at as an automatic must-start wide receiver one every week. And I understand it. You know, he's good. He's great. He's a great receiver. All that good stuff. But... We all know he went crazy against Baltimore. Him and Tyreek Hill went bananas. Tim, I want to ask you a question. What do you think Jalen Waddle's max number of receptions has been the other three games? Six. Four. Ooh, damn. Jalen Waddle has four, four, and two receptions in the other three games. Not ideal. Look, I know he's a massive downfield threat. He has breakaway speed. He could turn anything into a touchdown. We saw it earlier in the year, week one. We saw it week two against Baltimore. But last week, they're not going to have Tua there either this week. And last week when Teddy Bridgewater came in, he favored Hill. Hill saw seven targets from Teddy, I believe, and two were to Jalen Waddell. And now they get to play the New York Jets. And the New York Jets aren't a laughing stock anymore. They're 2-2, two and two, and they have a dynamic young cornerback duo of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I'm not saying Jalen Waddle isn't a start this week, but I don't think he's a no-brainer must-start wide receiver one. I think he's more of a wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver three, depending on your wide receiver options. Because like if if his max number of receptions three or four, seventy-five percent of the games four receptions, that's that's not ideal, man. If I, if I have a wide receiver one, I don't want him catching just four receptions. And uh, it's this is a tougher matchup than people think. While you're right. Um, and I'm not going to say you're wrong because you're not wrong. I will say this. If Tyreek Hill is hobbled in any sort of way. He's fine. I'm just saying. If he's hobbled in any sort of way, um, Jalen Hill becomes a lot more interesting. All right. Speaking of interesting, and this is a different transition than I had before. Um, no House Advantage is doing a pretty interesting thing with daily fantasy football. No House Advantage is changing the game. By offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today, play in pick'em contests versus other people for a shot to win $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and earn points for correct picks. Climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You could also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, NASCAR, 
all, all the acronyms. Sign up for the promo code BRODO with the promo code BRODO at NoHouseAdvantage.com or on the app where you can get it, App Stores, and get a first deposit match of $25. Make sure you check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play but also where you play. You don't want to miss out on this. And oh. something that we are not going to want to miss out on is the segment that is sponsored by No House Advantage, and that is the matchup of the week. So, Michael, yeah. why don't you get into the uh, your uh, your matchup of the week? My matchup of the week, Tim, it's a little, a little chalky, I must say, but... I'm excited for it. It's the Bengals and Ravens. Ooh, nice. Both of these teams have lost more than they would have liked to start to open the season, but they're both still very strong teams in need of a win. It's a division matchup, an over-under of 47.5. Honestly, I thought it'd be higher. Um, on one end, you got Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and company. Last year, uh, we saw Jamar Chase go absolutely bananas against Baltimore, um, put up like 200 yards and two touchdowns. And then on the Baltimore side, you got Lamar Jackson coming off of a, a tough game against the Bills, his worst game of the year. Same with Mark Andrews, who was held to just two total receptions. That sounds crazy, too. Rashad Bateman is dealing with a foot injury. Devin Duvernay, if he doesn't go, would be like a, a wide receiver three option, I think. Um, J.K. Dobbins is looking like he's going to get a ton of work. Justice Hill is looking doubtful for the game. But the Bengals and Ravens should be a high-flying, fun game. Uh, neither of these defenses have been super imposing to start the year. If these quarterbacks are given time to throw, it could be a it could be a fun one. And I think these a lot of players on these teams are going to have some solid fantasy days. I like it. And my matchup of the week, I'm thinking in fantasy terms as well. My matchup of the week is I think going to be a smorgasbord, smorgasbord of fantasy goodness, and that is the Chargers at the Browns. First of all, it's a 47.5 over under, so that's uh, good news for the point scoring. But to me, what stands out the most is this is an, an area of strengths versus weaknesses. Um, the Browns are an excellent running team. The Chargers are not very good at defending the run. The, the Chargers are uh, the fifth Best matchup in points over average, 35.9%. I'm not going to tell you the splits on that because Kareem Hunt is going to come up later and the splits are going to come up later. Um, it's, it's strengths versus weaknesses. That's the Brown strength is running the ball. And on the other hand, the, the strength of the Chargers is passing the ball. Um, and the Browns are the fourth best matchup so far this year for the wide receiver, allowing 32.1% points over average uh, as a defense. So when you have this group of wide receivers in the passing game, and that includes um, that includes your boy Austin Eckler as well, uh, because the Browns are seventh against the running back as well. So the Browns just have been a a fantasy smorgasbord just in general. And then on the other side, uh, they've been the Chargers have been tough against the pass, and they've been allowing people to run on them. Uh, very Brandon Staley of them. Uh, the Brandon Staley experience continues, and I think this is going to be one where you're going to see a lot of uh, fantasy points because of the fact that this is literally head-on weakness versus strength. So this is this. You know how it's the the um, the movable the immovable force meets the I mean the immovable object meets meets the uh, unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. What would happen? This is if the unstoppable force uh, got on that train. 
That's what would happen. Cash. All right. Let's get into the Grand Slam smashes of the week. I got three Grand Slam smashes, and there I'm, I'm breaking the rules a little bit because really I got I got seven people that I think are gonna smash this week um, in this. But so Michael, let, let's go first with you. Um, psych. I'm gonna go first. Booyah. Ooh. My first wow. is the this combination respect. of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I like that. Last year at Baltimore, Joe Burrow put up 416-3. Chase put up 201-1. Chase, in the last three weeks, has been the wide receiver 31 or worse three weeks in a row. And I told you before the year, don't rem- just remember that if you're deciding to go zero RB and you're deciding to go early wide receiver, that wide receivers are more volatile than running backs are. Now, there's more. They're also like... You know they got good, they got nice ceilings, but they're just more volatile because they just don't see the same amount of work that that running backs do. With that being said, I also said Jamar Chase. I'm comfortable with him taking the first round because when he explodes, he's going to win you weeks. And I think this is one of those weeks. I don't think Jamar Chase will have four bad weeks in a row, uh, especially against this secondary that he's been very comfortable torching in his young career. Uh, the Ravens right now are seventh against the wide receiver. Uh, allowing 23.8 points over average, 38.4 points overall to wide receivers, so plenty of points to go around there. And to the quarterback, they've been giving up 23.2 points. That's 58% over the average score of the players that they've faced, and that is third, third overall. So the third best matchup for wide receivers, the third best matchup for quarterbacks. So sign me up for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to smash this week smash 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 i should totally play that when we smash i like that one. Ooh, that's what she said um i like that i think like i said justin jefferson was due last week i think jamar chase might be due this week to have a to have a big game so yeah man and his lsu brother went create when went in last week he's got you know <clears throat> prides on the line pride what pride who who is that pride I don't know. just go man my Grand Slam smash of the week, the first one, the more the higher-end player, Aaron Jones. Look, Aaron Jones, the Giants are probably the worst 3 and one team in the league. I mean, I don't even think it's really debatable. Let's be honest for a second. Like, the Giants are should not be 3-1. and one. I know it's been a fun I start agree. for the Giants, but eh. They're, true, they're 12th in true matchup rank for opposing running back, so about middle of the pack, but a nice advantage there. Um, 14th receiving, 7th in rushing. The Packers are 7.5 point favorites in the game Jones has been better than Dylan this season we already know that Jones has monster weeks like everything is lining up for Aaron Jones who is already a a must play RB1 every week anyways to have a huge game this week against against Green Bay like maybe AJ Dylan steals a touchdown if they go up and he starts getting more work which which typically happens when the Packers take a big lead but I think Aaron Jones is going to get enough work early on in the game, and I think he's going to. I think a hundred yards and a touchdown is is going to happen, maybe even two. This game in London, so if Aaron Jones smashes for you, it would be a nice, uh, nice way this to start your day. Game, huh? Yeah, nice nine thirty a.m. Yeah, Giants. Wow, interesting. Um, let's get into the my second one, and I actually have three. I cheated, so. My You're next one is the, eater. is the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they are both hey, going who? to eat, 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 eat in this matchup. Here's why. Both have had eight carries inside the five this year. Both have had 16 red zone opportunities this year. 
That is top four for each of them. Hunt has had 30, thir- I'm sorry, Hunt has had three targets inside the red zone as well to make up that 16 opportunities. Chubb, 16 rushes in the red zone. All that combines to the plan that the Browns have. When they are in the red zone, they're going to put the ball in their running back's hands. And if you have been watching Browns football this year, you will notice that every time you look up at the screen, you see Nick Chubb breaking off a big run or you see Kareem Hunt breaking off a big run. Both of these guys have been great. And and even though Kareem Hunt has disappointed in his last uh, game, his first three games have been nearly identical. He's at, He's getting 15 touches a game, which is more than you could like I would expect like you this we have Hunt versus Singletary. There's no reason to believe that Singletary's guaranteed 15 touches in this game. There's no reason there to believe that. Point. Kareem Hunt is guaranteed 15 touches in this game. Yeah, and a max of 15. Okay, fine, but it's level. It's level because the reason why There's you're saying that is because this. honestly every single one of his games have looked exactly the same. He's had like 12 carries for like between 66 and 76 yards and uh you know five targets, three catches for for 33 yards. This first game, he scored two touchdowns, had a great game. The second game and the third game, he did not and disappointed. Uh, I think this game is as good as any to score a touchdown. Like I was talking to about the matchup earlier, the Chargers are an excellent matchup against the running back. And not to give it away, but they've been getting torched by the receiving running back this year. They're they're actually 11th uh, against the run, giving up only 15% more, but it's the receiving back. 77.9% points over average. That's the sixth best matchup for the receiving back, and that is 12.2 points to the receiving back every day. So just through the air, 12.2 points through the air. That is a bunch of points through the air, and that is Kareem Hunt's domain. On the season, um, the Target count is 13 for Hunt to Chubb's 8. Now, you'd actually like to see that be like more like 17 for to, to Chubb's 4. But if you're – this is why both of these guys are on the list, right? This isn't like choose Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb. Like, no, I, I, you could start both of these guys with confidence because Chubb is on pace for 32 target, 34 targets this year. Last year, we only had 25. So that is uh, another reason to love Nick Chubb, uh, despite the fact that he's second in the league in rushing TD, second in the league in rushing yards, and third in the league in rushing attempts, even though he has um, he has Kareem Hunt in the same backfield. Uh, it's it's been it's been a plethora of opportunity for these Cleveland running backs. Kareem Hunt has had his opportunities within the five. Kareem Hunt has had um, eight carries in the five, and so has Nick Chubb. They've had both have the same amount of carries, same amount of opportunities in the five. Uh, Kareem Hunt has actually caught his only target within the five for a touchdown. So these guys are both getting opportunities. Kareem Hunt just hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. Uh, but I think this is the week that he gets in the end zone against this uh, very porous run funnel Chargers defense. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both smash plays, in my opinion. You can play them with confidence, and they can bring you home some big time bigness. Quiche, yep. Spinach quiche. So, my, who's your honorable mention? Potato Emma? quiche. It was so. So, who's your honorable mention? What do you mean, my honorable mention? Didn't you say you had an honorable honorable mention here? No. Oh, I have an honorable. I mention. I mean, I have a second. I haven't said my second yet. Oh, I'm crying out loud to him. Good. My second grand slam smash of the week. The guy who's a little bit lesser high profile is Miles Sanders, 
And I know choosing Sanders after his best game of the season might seem a little biased. It has some chasing points uh, flavor on it. It does have some chasing points flavor on it. I'll give you that. Just but a little sprinkle, though. Not too much. A little sprinkle, sprinkle. Sanders now has 73% or more of the team's running back rush attempts in three straight weeks. Two of the three, he had a target percentage over 9%. He just played a season-high 67% of snaps this past week with Boston Scott out. And Boston Scott is likely out again this weekend. They're now going to play the Cardinals, who are the eighth best running back matchup in true matchup rank. And it's the Eagles offense who runs the ball top. I think they're the highest run team in the league. All signs point to Miles Sanders in this game against the Cardinals. They're huge favorites over a touchdown. Oh, five and a half. Excuse me. I thought it was over a touchdown. I'm surprised they're not a little bit more favored the way the Cardinals have been playing this year. But all signs point to Miles Sanders getting another 15 to 20 rush attempts, some receptions, maybe find the end zone again. I think Miles Sanders is uh, on his way to being a uh, RB1 at this point if if this offense continues the way it's been going and if uh, if he continues the way he's been going. All right, I'm going to get to uh, my honorable mention. It's the Buccaneers passing offense. I'm all about the Buccaneers passing offense today. Brady, Evans, Godwin, line them all up. I'm taking them all. Uh, Tom Brady against Atlanta last season was the QB2 and the QB3 overall. Completely smashed Atlanta at home and on the road uh, last year. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have both finished top five overall against Atlanta while Brady um, has been the quarterback. And did you did you hear about the rumor that Tom Brady's getting divorced? Yeah, they hired divorce lawyers, they say. Yeah, according to the New York Times, not just some like like gossip rag. Like the New York Times said it. So if I'm, you know, there's two ways that you could look at this from our perspective. And sometimes this sucks because this is a man's marriage who's who's going down and th- to be honest, like coming from the outside, like it's probably his marriage is probably ruined because he decided to come back. I can't imagine that there would be any other reason for her to be filing for divorce in week four. Yeah. You know, so Tom Brady's going to either come back as a sad, broken man, and I would, I definitely would not put that on Tom Brady. I don't think that he's ever that. Or he's going to come back even stronger and more focused on football, the reason why his, his you know, his relationship fell apart from the outside perspective, from my perspective. Um, so I think Tom Brady has a nice little... Uh, He's maybe some take out some demons on the Atlanta Falcons, the team that he's been like he's liked to take out his demons on in the past. Yeah, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be shocked. He played a lot better this past week, getting his weapons back and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans went nuclear on the uh, on the Chiefs. That was fun. Chris to watch. Godwin had a had a great game too. I mean, he had a decent game. I mean, for for his first for game his first back, game back, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised how much targets, work he bro. got. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of targets in his first game back. Yeah. Um, he, he never he ended up putting up like like eleven half PPR points, but that's like eleven more points than I expected. Um, let's go on to our next one, the bench warmer of the week, a guy that you would sit if you had the opportunity. Uh, you can't just sit everybody. I'm gonna start this one because the first one is a very easy equation. Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley at the at the Bucks. This is a very simple equation, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not gonna make this too hard. Both of these guys are unproven dudes. They're taking on the number one rushing defense in the NFL for the last two years. Dude. This line has Vita Vea on it. Don't play him. Period. I think they're a not they're a bench. If I had Algier, if I had Caleb Huntley, I will not play them. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. In our home league, I'm third in points, one and three. It's been tough sledding. Three straight single-digit losses. Michael, at least you're not... But are you fifth in points? <laughs> and... I had Cordero Patterson and J.K. Dobbins as my running backs, and Cordero Patterson just got hurt, which left me with just Tyler Algier, so I traded Rashad Bateman for um, Josh Jacobs this morning. Luckily, I'm no longer forced to start Tyler Algier this week because I certainly was uh, dreading it a little bit. I'm not uh, I'm not chasing those points either this week. I'm with you there. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, Michael, who's your first? My first bench warmer of the week, Gabriel Davis. Look, whether it's his ankle injury hindering him or if it's just the Bills offense, Gabriel Davis is one wide open week one touchdown away from looking like a total bust. He missed week two with an ankle injury. Then he went three for 36 week three on his regular allotment of snaps and one for 13 in his regular allotment of snaps. Back to back high pass attempt. Pie, pie, High pass attempt You got games this, Michael. You got this. For Josh Allen as well. Gabriel Davis has an 11.8% target share on the season. Guess where that is among wide receivers, Tim? That low of a target share. Uh, it's got to be super low. It's 77. I was going to say like 84th. 77th. The Bills are favored by 14 and 40-plus Josh Allen pass attempts may not be necessary against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If he throws even 35 times in that game... An 11.8% target share means three or four targets for Gabriel Davis. Look, until something changes, I would not feel confident at all starting Gabriel Davis. Even what seems like a good matchup this week against Pittsburgh. You need targets if you're going to score, and it just has not been there for him. Tough. Tough for, for Gabe Davis right now because he's playing all the snaps and he's not getting any targets, and it's hard to... It's hard Marcus to, Robinson type shit. Yeah, man, it's hard to it's hard to justify that. It's really hard to justify that. Um, speaking of another thing that's hard to justify, we told you we were fading Najee Harris where he was being drafted. We were almost exclusive, uh, overwhelmingly fading James Conner as well. Uh, we did not understand the James Conner hype, especially after last year. Last year, he was not that good. He just scored a whole shit ton of touchdowns. Uh, this year, he continues to be not that good and doesn't have that many touchdowns. Just like we told you, like you cannot bank on touchdowns repeating. Uh, and this is what happens. Right now, James Conner is really destroying you. If you picked him in the third round, he's the third—he's he's RB30 in PPR points per game. And it's not just like, oh, well, you know, 10 points per game, Tim, that's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. It's not horrible. But if you picked him in the third round, you got to think of the opportunity cost. Right? You could have had A.J. Brown. You could have had— who else? Who else is uh, going in the third round? Uh, you could have had. I, I drafts it seems so long ago. A lot of players. A lot of players. Uh, a lot of better players. Sure. Um. So you could have had a lot of better better players. And right now, James Conner is sucking it up. Uh, he's forty third in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Um. He is thirty eighth in rush yards per game. Thirty third overall in rush yards. He's only twenty six in rush attempts. Not even seeing that many targets. He's seeing 18 targets is, you know, it's 12th among running backs, 13th, but not it, it's it's okay, but not enough to make up for the fact that he's not getting in the end zone. He's not getting the rushes that he did last year. And now he's facing Philly, who is the second hardest defensive matchup uh, against running backs. And I have no interest whatsoever in uh, making James Conner 
uh, part of my lineup. Now, the, look, you some people just can't bench James Conner. But to give you an idea of where I have James Conner this year, this week, I have him right now ranked as RB32, right above Antonio Gibson and right under Raheem Mostert. So that's what I'm feeling about James Conner. He has one chance. I'm at RB27. Score, score a touchdown. It's one chance. Have one chance. That's what you got. All right, Michael, you're up uh, next, my brother. Yeah, my second um, bench warmer of the week, DJ Moore, sticking with the wide receivers. Baker Mayfield against the San Francisco 49ers. Does that sound fun to you? Uh, Depends on if you're a fan of the 49ers or not. If you have the 49ers defense, it sounds like a ton of fun. Otherwise, otherwise, that sounds just like a horrific time. Michael, Philip Lindsay, six carries for 34 yards. Bang, bang. Beast. Quick maths. Look, unless DJ Moore catches eight screen passes and takes it to the house, he may catch like three or four balls the entire game. Look, Baker's supposed to not only get it over their line. I don't know if you know about this, Tim. Baker Mayfield can't get the ball over the damn line. He has like, I wish I, again, I didn't take a picture of this. What do you mean the line? The lineman. Oh. He has by far the most passes batted down. Huh. He's on pace to completely shatter the amount the record for passes batted down at the line. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, even when he does throw the ball, the dude can't get a pass the line of scrimmage. Which, you know, his height was something that was an issue coming into the, the, the draft. Yeah, and then and then he's supposed to also not panic under pressure with the 49ers linemen running at him in their, their front seven. He's going to be getting sacked and hurried all night. The 49ers are actually 10th in true matchup rank this year against wide receivers, which is so slightly exploitable. But I don't care, man. <laughs> DJ Moore just took 11 targets to end as the wide receiver 36 and half PPR because he went 6 for 50, and that's like his ceiling with 11 targets at this point with Baker Mayfield. He's the fit wide receiver 55 in true target value. I'm putting If I have DJ Moore, I'm putting him on my bench. <sighs> yeah, I mean DJ DJ Moore. Oh man, that was another guy that I was really uh, that was in my fade, my fade category, and it's because, yo, Michael, you know, I remember how you uh, how you kept asking me and asking me and asking me if I was scared if the, that the first two weeks were TJ Hawkinson's um, best two weeks, and it turned out. Yes, I'm gonna ask you this every single week, and it's gonna turn out right. What have you seen so far to prove that? Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. His rookie year was better than anything Sam Darnold has ever done. He's all, he had a way better supporting cast than Sam Darnold. I mean, has that's ever it. Had. They both suck. Um, let's get into our diamonds in the rough. These are the sleepers. We're gonna give you one regular and one deep sleeper. Michael, who's your diamond in the rough this week? Diamond in the rough. You the say. diamonds in the rough. Corey Davis. Oh, my God. Michael's love him. You want to talk about someone? You want to hear something crazy? He loves this guy. On the season. Zach Wilson loves this guy, too. On the season and half PPR, Corey Davis has ended as a top 30 wide receiver three of four weeks. Serviceable. Top 30 wide receiver three of four weeks. He's top 10 in the league in average depth of target and yards per reception. He's averaging over 60 yards a game, which is over a 1,000-yard season pace. And he just saw a 20% target share this past week with Zach Wilson back. He's basically the Tyler Boyd of the Jets offense, and the Jets offense isn't anemic anymore. While teams are worrying about Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, 
Corey Davis steps up and strikes. Miami's middle of the pack against wide receivers and true matchup rank. I expect this to be a game where the uh, where the Jets put up some points. I think uh, Corey Davis could be a, a benefactor of that. I think he's a good sleeper this week to get into your lineup as a wide receiver three flex type of guy. Corey Davis. Boom, ba do doom doom Boom, boom. Um, I'm going into my first one. My first one is the ice cream sandwich himself, Michael. Robert Woods is back like he never left. Robert Woods at Washington over the last three weeks. Robert Woods has earned a 26% (coughs) target share in the offense, and he is going against a Washington defense that is completely exploitable against uh, the wide receiver. Also, we got a banged-up Traylon Burks uh, as well, so you don't know. The opportunity is going to be there uh, for Mr. Bobby Trees. Right now, the commanders are third um, in true defensive I'm saying, I'm sorry, in true matchup ranking, they are the third best for wide receivers, so that bodes well for Robert Woods. Um, the the abominable snowman, the Yeti, uh, Derrick Henry, he is in full Derrick Henry form at this point. He's back to being what Derrick Henry is being, and that means the play-action pass is going to be back to being what it's being, and that means the crafty veteran who knows how to get open for a play-action pass play action pass will continue to get hit with one out of every four targets uh that ryan Tannehill throws so i think robert woods is a good play this week and he is my sleeper michael who's your deep sleeper bobby trees huh my deep sleeper first shout out to rondell moore if he does play for matt i feel like matt would have chosen rondell moore as his diamond sleeper guy this week shout out to matt yes yeah, so shout out to matt there um uh, but me it's devin duvernay look rashad bateman's nursing a foot injury Devin Duvernay becomes much more appealing. Not too bad. Even if Bateman does play, Duvernay has shown a knack for finding the end zone. He has three touchdowns on the season compared to Bateman's two, and he has 12 receptions on the season compared to Bateman's 11. He's played in over 50% of the snaps in every single game, including 64% last week when Bateman was dealing with a foot injury. Devin Duvernay was the guy who stepped up when they needed him. There's a high high, sky-high scoring potential this week against the Bengals. I chose that as my game of the week. Devin DuVernay has some uh, legit potential to even if he only catches three, four balls. I mean, Jalen Waddle might catch just three, four balls, too. But if they catch one in the end zone for a big gain, you're going to like that for your fantasy team. So this is obviously Devin DuVernay. He's already had a couple decent games this year already, but he's still being disrespected, being ranked outside like the top 60 wide receivers. I think he has some uh, some deep league appeal here. Michael's going to scoff at me. Um, on this one, I already know. Scuff, 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 but my deep sleeper is a tight end that is secretly a quarterback that runs plays like a running back. What? And that is Taysom Hill. Oh, shot. Of the uh, New Orleans Saints. He's playing Seattle this week. And when you have a quarterback slash tight end slash running back, you go against the defense that's allowing the fifth most points over average to the quarterback the sixth most points over average to the uh running back including the sixth most points over average to the rushing quarterback and the first most points the first most to tight ends michael do you know i'll tell you what playing matchups with tight ends has always been a very very good thing and this this is basically the tight end tool right here it's it's a it works the best for tight ends in my opinion it never misses for tight ends. Michael, how many points 
allowed do you think the tight end is allowing to the the, the tight end uh the the Seahawks are allowing to the tight end this year? Bro, English man. Hot damn. You heard me. Um 14. 18, bro. Hot dog, hot do you know dog, what, hot diggity dog. Do you know what the percentage is for points over average on 18 points? 280%. Ooh, that's close. 229.3%. 229.3%. So, if you're a tight end slash a running quarterback slash a running back, then all three of these are a good matchup for you. So, I think Taysom Hill has some appeal. Um, you know, uh, as my as Matt would say, uh, quarterback power right, and that's it. Uh, so, let's see, if, uh, let's see if we got some quarterback power rights uh, coming from Taysom Hill today. All right. Michael, let's get into our kind of also just, you know, waiver wire pickup guys, um, but we call them streamers. I don't know yeah. why exactly, um, but let's get into our streamers. Michael, let's do it. your quarterback streamer, who is it? Tell You're going to like this one, Tim. You're going to like this one, Zach Wilson. If I like Brees Hall, I like Corey Davis, and I like the Jets offense, guess what? It also means I like Zach Wilson this wow. week. And look. Zach Wilson isn't just some Zach Wilson look he had a bad first half. He did. Um he did not play well, but this was also his first game of the year after missing a ton of weeks with an injury. And then in the fourth quarter, he drove two touchdown he led two touchdown drives to lead the Jets to victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now this week he gets the Miami um the Miami Dolphins defense who is not in not like an astounding defense by any means, 14th in points over average, um, but they're actually second in EPA allowed to point in points per play to um, opposing quarterbacks. And Zach Wilson was a top 12 quarterback already last week. Yes, he caught a ball for a touchdown, <laughs> which helps, which buoyed it. But even then, he would have been like QB 15. This is a better matchup. He now has that first game under his belt. The Jets offense has been uh, pretty solid this year. I don't see this Dolphins defense, like, holding them down really. Um, so I think Zach Wilson has some has some streaming appeal. It's interesting. I don't know if I would start Zach Wilson under any circumstance that I could avoid. Oh, uh, who would you start? Like, who would you start Zach Wilson over, for example? I mean, that's a good question. It's not a. I mean, this is why it's a streamer. Yeah, you know. Um, but so you so would you start him? I over? have him. I have him ranked as my QB sixteen. So it's not like I don't have him ranked so right in the high. I have him over. Like I have him over Matt Stafford this week. Wow, Matt Stafford's been straight up buns. Yeah, and he's been a terrible match. and and he's been getting sacked a bunch, and now he gets to play Dallas. Yeah. So like I'd play Zach Wilson over Matt Stafford, even if that sounds crazy. My quarterback matchup is Trevor Lawrence versus the Houston Texans. Now, Houston has been okay versus the quarterback, so it's not a great matchup on paper, but I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the beneficiary of a few passes to Travis Etienne, a few passes to Christian Kirk that go for maybe some uh, yards after the catch. He's been extremely fast with the releases this year. Doug Peterson, uh, you know, going along, going along, going along, but I think maybe they air it out in this one a little bit. Uh, Zay Jones got in the end zone last week. Good to see that. I think that Trevor Lawrence, although he didn't play a uh, a great game last week, he had a good game, and I think he's going to build on that. I think Houston is uh, – this is an in-division game. The Jaguars have something to prove after almost coming back against a very good team last week. I think that the, uh, the Trevor Lawrence's – the Jaguars are going to be my first uh, situation here. 
The Jaguars. The Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. That team. That's the the one, Michael. That's the one. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. I mean, at this point, I don't even know if he... He's probably not available on many waiver wires. You think so? Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. What? He he gained some steam after the first couple weeks. Let me go on to Yahoo and see what his uh, roster percentage is. I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence has to be at least like 70% rostered at this point. 74%. He's been on the up and up. Wow. Yeah. All right. Mm. My bad. <laughs> um, all right. Let me look at another quarterback. Let me just look at my rankings and give you guys another quarterback then because I don't want to just give spit no knowledge that is not uh, worthy of being spit. All right. Let's see. Um, Jared Goff. I think Geno Smith is someone that I would consider. I have him ranked quarterback 18. I think Geno is a, a decent one too. Yeah, Zach Wilson, man. Zach, I think Bridgewater against the New York Jets is... Uh, you're right, man. Zach Wilson could be easily QB 17 this week. Tell I think you, Ryan Tannehill. Q, QBs are like dangerously close to becoming like tight ends at this point. Yeah. Where the high-end ones are high-end and the rest of them are just sucking it up. It's pretty nuts. It's it's crazy because you, you, hit, you definitely hit a wall when you get to about quarterback 11 or so. Uh, after Aaron Rodgers, I, you, I guess you could say Kirk Cousins, but he hasn't been great. It's Cousins, Carr, Wilson, Tannehill, Goff, Wentz, Wilson, Stafford, Geno Smith, Bradshaw. You know, it's just middle range guys. It's not much difference between the, between all of them. Yeah. So yeah, then we agree on Zach Wilson. Let's just make Zach Wilson our United streamer. So who's your tight end streamer then? <laughs> My tight end streamer of the week, Logan. Thomas of the Washington Commanders. And look, Logan Thomas might sound... At this point, you might get a little tired hearing Logan Thomas's name. You know, he's, he, he hasn't been very good this season, but he's getting targets, and that's really all that matters. He had six targets against Dallas, uh, three targets against Philly, five against Detroit, six against Jacksonville. Three of four matchups, he's seen at least five targets. And Logan Thomas this week gets the Tennessee Titans fifth in points over average allowed to opposing tight ends. Logan Thomas is 13th in the league in targets among tight ends, 13th in points per game for tight ends, 13th in receptions, 16th in true target value, and he's just a complete afterthought right now. And Jahan Dotson is out. Jahan Dotson has been the commander's red zone threat. When you're drafting, excuse me, when you're streaming tight ends, this is why Robert Tunney was my tight end streamer last week because I thought he had a great shot of finding the end zone. He found the end zone. When you're streaming tight ends, you have to try to find someone to find the end zone. And Logan Thomas, I think, has a tremendous shot to find the end zone. I might throw some money on Logan Thomas anytime touchdown mm. score. I plan on throwing some money on I think uh, Logan Thomas is being extremely underlooked at this week from a tight end perspective. I'm planning on throwing some money on uh, on Kareem Hunt as well for that exact bet. Uh, my yeah, tight if end, you want to donate, that's fine with you. My, my tight end uh, streamer is a little deep. Uh, in fact, it's a lot deep. My tight end streamer is Jawan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints. I mentioned that Seattle's giving up 18 points a game to the tight end, getting absolutely crushed in the tight end. And, you know, he splits time with Adam Troutman, but uh, last week got 14.3% of the targets in the offense on four targets, which is good for the tight end. In week one and week two, he had five targets and seven targets, and then he's kind of fell off the last couple games. But then... Picked it back up. I think in this matchup, you're going to want the tight end here. So I am willing to start 
uh, both Taysom Hill um, as the deep sleeper, and I think Jawan Jawan uh, Johnson as well as the deep sleeper. I hate Jawan Johnson so much. I just don't understand the hype at all. I understand that he's been seeing targets, but he still hasn't surpassed tight end twenty. I'd so much rather use Logan Thomas. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I think Logan Thomas is probably a better play. I have I have Logan Thomas ranked. All right, ahead so we'll make of... we'll make Zach Wilson and Logan Thomas our consensus streamers this week instead of your trash ass streamers. No, what? My my first. <laughs> your seventy four percent rostered quarterback <laughs> and your tight end who's not gonna do shit. Um, we got a deal. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't even have to talk anymore. We I've made the decision. Executive decision. <laughs> I can't. I can't say no. <laughs> your, yes. Your streamer's better than mine. Okay. Yes. Um. What's next? Is it the patron? The patron, baby. <coughs> Let me open up these um these questions for the patron. In the meantime, Michael, can you tell the people uh, how you make a uh, tuna salad? Yeah, the way I make a tuna salad, you gotta get the shut up the albacore. Right. The albacore. Shut, you know? shut your mouth. Shut, shut, you shut, don't want to hear about the albacore. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Wow. All right. So the first question is not even a, a start a start sick sick question. It's a league question. Um, the question comes. Yes. Where is it here? Hmm. The question comes from Johnny Big Salami. Not a very, uh, not a very humble name there, Johnny. But he doesn't need to be humble because he dominates fantasy football. Johnny Big Salami says, "What are your thoughts on a commish pushing pushing a trade through that was going to process on Sunday at three a.m.?" So, oh no, you gotta push that shit through. Fuck that. I hate that shit so much. Trades happen, they go through. Period. What? Why are you looking at me like that? I kind of disagree with you. Yo, you're an idiot. I think if, if they, if your commissioner for he definitely just forgot to change the trade settings before the year. That or is not true, bro. If you on a Wednesday night want to make a trade for a Thursday night player, I assume that's the case. Then yeah, push it through. Then make the it's no, stupid. make the league rules that. But if the league rules is that everyone has to wait three days for their trades, then so the fuck do you? I mean, whatever. If it it doesn't matter if they're playing on Sunday. But if it's a Thursday player and you're trading for a Thursday player on Wednesday, there is no reason at all why you shouldn't get that Thursday player. All right, let's get into these real ones. So shut your mouth, Tim. Do- Yo, Michael, I'm clearly correct. Dobbins, Mostert, Penny, Hunt need to have PPR. RB1 is Jamal Williams. So D- Dobbins, Mostert, Penny, Hunt need to. Dobbins, Hunt. What'd you say? Dobbins, Hunt. What'd you say at the second one? What? I, st- you're, I like <laughs> Kareem Hunt, just not as much as you. Interesting. Interesting that you say that. All right, so we're going to go with Dobbins and Hunt for show. All right, let's go to the next one. Star sick question. It says, Bick, uh, Devonta Smith versus Elijah Moore. Full PPR. Devonta. I think Devonta. At this is. point, that's... You just, yeah, it has to be Devonta. Agreed. Um, excuse me. Let, all right, so we just told someone Dobbins, Hunt. Anuki Priest says Dobbins or Hunt. Dobbins. I know I, who you're going to say. I got Hunt in front of Dobbins this week. Shocking. I, I like Dobbins this week. I'm going to come in front of Dobbins. Shocking. Tim likes Hunt. All right. Need a running back and a flex. We got more Hunt and more Smells Dobbins. Smells like the Hunt, for real. Gary says Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins, Hollywood Brown, Juju, Brandon Ayuk, half PPR. What does he need? Uh, a running back and a flex. So it's either Dobbins or Hunt, Hunt again? Yeah, are you serious? Is Dobbins or Hunt? So I'm gonna say Hunt. Michael's gonna say Dobbins. Patrons have Dobbins and Hunt on the same. And then Dobbins, yeah, it's gonna be. Bro, there's no Justice Hill either, man. How are you? Could you? How are you possibly choosing Kareem Hunt over J.K. Dobbins? Because that uh, Ravens offense. Silly. 
Um, what, what because of the Ravens' offense? Ravens' offense is good. Well, yeah, but Lamar Jackson runs the ball and runs in touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins scored two touchdowns last he, week. That he did. That he did. I'm gonna get you to change your mind on this. No, I'm not. I mean, I, it's not like I don't. I don't think you should start Dobbins. Like I think that there's Dobbins a, has a higher ceiling for sure. I don't think that's for sure. I think for this sure. is a great matchup for Kareem Hunt, and they're gonna touch the ball the same amount of times. Like if J.K. Dobbins touched the ball 17 times, you're ecstatic. If Kareem Hunt touches the ball 17 times, it's it's Tuesday. No, 15 times it's Tuesday. Fine, 15 times. Um, and then the second one but they is they play on Sunday, man. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> Hunt or Dobbins, whoever you don't want to go with. Me and Michael are obviously split on this. Hollywood, Juju, Ayuk. Hollywood. <coughs> Hollywood needs That's to stop one. being placed into these questions. Yeah. I need to, I'm making that announcement right now. Um, Yeah, Dobbins and Hollywood are definitely it. All right, with making a trade to get Hollywood, Brown, you and now... You admitted in, Dobbins uh, and Hollywood are definitely it. I said... I you said, just said Dobbins un- and Hollywood are definitely it. I said it. undoubtedly Hollywood is definitely it. You said Dobbins and not undoubtedly. Why no, didn't I say undoubtedly? It sounds like Dobbins and my mind is all. Is, is I'm, I might have said I might have said Dobbins and but like not paying attention because I was watching this game. All right, next question comes from Slater. Slater, <clears throat> currently roster Stafford. See you, Slater. Thinking of trading for Burrow, they also have Josh Allen. Would you trade any of these bench guys for Burrow? Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Gallup. I trade Michael Gallup for Burrow. But I'm, I never trade for quarterbacks. It's just like a, unless it's like a high end quarterback. But even a Eli- maybe Elijah Moore, Matt Stafford is basically a streamer at this point. Unless something yeah. turns around. And if, if this guy's rostering two quarterbacks, like there are some leagues that just roster backup quarterbacks. It's mad yeah. annoying, but there are leagues that do that. So. But I'm not like giving up on Elijah Moore. I think he could still turn it around. No. But like Michael Gallup, I do. Michael Gallup, I definitely do. Um, all right, Johnny says. I, I mean, I would also give up Elijah Moore. I'd keep G. Garrett, Garrett Wilson though, unless you're, unless you're not starting these guys. Like, if if these guys are on your bench, maybe try and get Garrett Wilson for Burrow plus somebody else. Maybe like Rondell That's Moore true. or something like that. Um, Johnny says start two. Juju, Curtis, Drake. Our, yo, our, our patrons that Curtis Samuel? are the worst when it comes to this. They're the best, but they're the yeah. worst at just, like, they ask us questions and they just use one name. Yeah. Like, bro. Yo, Pierce, Cor- they're like, oh, so, Pierce. My bad. First of all, this game that we've been watching yeah. has been absolutely horrendous. And Cortland Sutton literally just took a catch away yeah, from his team. He was teammate. like, bro, I'm taking these yeah. points. Like, yo, these are my fantasy points. You can't have them. And anyway. then there's Montreal Washington now. But, yo. Yeah, yeah Montreal Washington like, was the guy he stole it from. They'll be like... Purse and Pierce, Herbert, and Johnson choose two. And I'm like, Khalil Herbert, Justin Herbert, Alec Pierce, Damian Pierce. What Johnson are you talking about? They're, talking about, they're calling him by funny. this first name, Curtis. You, you you assume it's Curtis Samuel. Have some courtesy, Curtis. Drake, you assume Drake London, right? Juju, you assume Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. yes. So okay. obviously you're playing Josh Allen. So definitely. <laughs> now, nah, first right, of all, start two. Juju, Curtis, Drake. I'm, I mean, at this point, it's got to be Curtis and Drake. I'd go Juju over Curtis, I think. Over Curtis? With no with no Dotson? Curtis has uh, come back down to life with the Commanders being terrible these last two weeks. I'm very, I'm very, very uh skeptical of this Commander's offense right now. All Juju, right, so- look, I know Juju has not been great, but three of the four weeks he's been a wide receiver three. Uh fuck like that. he just hasn't had a big game yet. Fuck that. Curtis and Drake. 
You just talked me into more more into Curtis and Drake than you did before. All right. So be it. When Juju lights it up on Monday night, what you going to do? Juju versus Curtis Samuel? Oh, yeah, sure. As a bet, you mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right, Piz. Half PPR, right? Regular. That's Half PPR. Always typically. Piz okay. says, Piz243 says, full PPR. Drake London or Kech? Who's Kech? Just kidding. CEH. <laughs> full PPR? Full PPR. I'm going CEH, though. CEH has been balling. Yeah, I mean, you can't sit CEH right now. And Drake London, he's been great, too, but the the Falcons, like, they just don't want to pass. It's very, very, very annoying. All right, Slater has four questions in a row. You ready? Real quick, Tim, what was the uh, what was the bet? Uh, Curtis Samuel versus Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. Okay. Um, or unless unless it's like you know a different Curtis. <laughs> well, no, this is our bet. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a different Curtis for us now. <laughs> True. All right. Starts it. Ready? We got four from Slater. You ready? Mm-hmm. Kittle or Higby? PPR. Higby. At this point, I think I got to play Higby as crazy as that sounds. The guy just, just gets targeted on. He's the wide receiver, too, in that offense. Schultz or Everett, PPR. Everett might not play. I mean, uh, it's definitely Everett if he plays. I think Dalton Schultz doubt. has a chance to play well this week. I mean, Dalton Schultz has done absolutely nothing, and I'm not starting him over Gerald Everett at this point. That's very true. Um, but you might have to. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, or Kareem Hunt, PPR. Michael, don't do it. Garrett Wilson, oh, Elijah Moore, Cremont, PPR? Oh. PPR. Michael, remember what I said about the Chargers? I'm tempted to say Garrett Wilson. I'm not going to lie to you. Don't Kareem say Hunt's it. a safer option. I'll be honest. It's between Garrett Wilson and Kareem Hunt. I think Garrett Wilson has more upside than Hunt. Ugh. Kareem Hunt is due to score a touchdown at some point, though. I'll give you that. What else are you giving? Kisses? If you want kisses, you got it. <laughs> you just turn off the mic. I, that's how I talk. That's how, <laughs> yo, I'm not gonna lie. The like, uh, I tell my, I tell Dennis, I'm like, kisses for daddy, kisses for daddy. He's mad cute. He goes and he gives me a kiss, but he opens his mouth, so he like get like he just like puts like lays his open mouth on my cheek. It's adorable. Um, it's great. Kai loves belly buttons. Loves belly buttons. Obsessed. He was so obsessed with his belly button today that he actually made it like irritated. Like he was just all up in that shit, just like. Digging. I went to visit yesterday, and before I left, I had to pick up my shirt a few times so he could just uh, put his finger in my belly button. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was great. Uh, half PPR, Corey Davis, Kareem Hunt. Mad Kareem Hunt questions. Yeah. Corey Davis, Kareem Hunt, or Devontae Smith? Devontae Smith. It's a good matchup, man. And he's been balling out. This is a tough him. one for me. Half PPR, I'm going to still say Hunt. Over Devontae Smith, half PPR. Algier or Pollard? Pollard. It's tough. That's literally we'll the, f- the first and second ranked rushing defenses in true. Th- in true uh, yeah, I'm magic. going Algier. He'll, I think he's going to get the his fair share of carries. This one should be obvious because I said Travis Etienne in my stock up, but I mean in my uh, tear breaker up, but Travis Etienne or Raheem Mostert? I like Mostert. I like Etienne there. Miles Sanders and Rond- and Rondell Moore or DK and Michael Carter? I think this is, this is a, a trade, trade question from Izzy. I want Miles Sanders. DK and Michael Carter? Yeah, for sure. Michael Carter is about to. If you have Michael Carter right now, you should. I think Miles Sanders for DK Metcalf. Like, I think it's a fair deal. If you need a receiver and you're trading a receiver away. Oh, excuse me. If you need a running back 
or if you need a receiver and you're trading Miles Sanders away, I think this is a fair deal. But all in all, I like I like Sanders the the best of those. Sanders, if he continues this pace, is going to be a steal. He's going to be one of those guys who a is on steal. a lot of good teams. Yeah. All right, let's get into the unlimited league recap of last week. Michael, I don't know about your team, but my team blow. My team bounced back, baby. My team is horrible. W-W-W-W. My team is horrible. Like, for real, my team is horrible. I'm one in three. It's not looking any better, but there's a lot of nice, uh, a lot of nice people sitting on the top. Hertz Alert is sitting at the top of the division at four and zero, followed by the Bearded Bastard. Shout out to Sofo. Uh, if you're a patron, you should have listened to our our injury pod with Sofo. Uh, Lawrence in order in third place, which is Mullen. Uh, Farmer John Johnny Bravo twenty six is in fourth place. Return of the TTV King Brandon is in fifth. That's a great name. You baker, you buy her. <laughs> At John, you break it, you buy it. Three, yeah, three, two, one, five. In seventh place, Tua, Tua B or not Tua B, another good one, uh, is on a little losing streak, uh, two and uh, for the last two. And then Bodega Prince, um, Kenny McDuff, Kurt B, War Ghost, twenty one. Bring in the five hundred, and then it's just uh. Man, right now me and Cass are not looking good. I am in at least in first place among the one in three teams, but Cass is zero and four, and currently has three hundred and fifty-two points scored, by far the lowest in the league. To give you a hint, I'm one in three. My team sucks. Three hundred fifty-two in four weeks. We have Gary. Gary's an OG. He's been around a while. Typically a good player. He's at three hundred thirty-two points. His starting, you want to hear starting lineup? Oh, God. This is despicable. <laughs> All right, let's see which is worse. The Cass's or this No, one? this is really bad. This is worse than I imagined. Go ahead. Because <laughs> this is with JT out, too. Allen Robinson, Josh oh Palmer, oh. Travis Etienne, Oof. Kenneth Gainwell, Oof. Kareem Hunt, oh boy. Romeo Dubs, oh yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Daniel Jones. That. Hot sorry, damn. Gary. <laughs> oh, man. You might go winless. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, bro. Ooh-wee. Gary, we got to talk, bro. We got to talk, man. Come on. What is this? We expect more out of you. Cass, we expect a lot of, but this team is much better than that team. Uh, but only 30 points better at the end of the day. Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Kyle Pitts, A.J. Dillon, Khalil Herbert, Juju Smith-Schuster, Drake London, Chase, Chase Clay. That's a much better team. I'm surprised that's a no one for team. I mean, there's no quarterbacks in that lineup, and that's why. It's a super flex. There's no quarterbacks. Ah. So he's... Uh, he doesn't have any quarterbacks? He doesn't have any quarterbacks. There's what, not a single quarterback. Did he decide he wasn't going to draft quarterbacks? His super flexes are Drake London and Chase Claypool, I guess. I don't know. He doesn't even have a quarterback on his bench. And Cass is supposed to be smart, huh? <laughs> we're going to have to we're gonna have to ask Cass about all this. Let's go over the first place team of my, our, our leagues and see which one we, how those stack up. What's the total for um, highest points? Because my first place team also has highest points. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yep. Mine too. Five sixty six. Ooh, five fifty seven on mine. Okay. Team Drip C. Drip C, nice. And I got Drip Hertz, and Hertz Matt. Alert. Matt Ward still undefeated. They were the only three and O teams, and they're now the only four and O teams. Matt was one of the people that helped us create this format last year with the Brodo Writers. If you guys don't know where this format came from, we're in a Brodo Writers chat. We had twelve total people with us at the time with writers, and we're like, "Yo, everyone want to get in the league?" We're like, "Yeah." How are we gonna format this? And then everyone started. Talking shit and blow and and this this format happened and it was one of the most fun leagues that I've ever been a part of. 
Um, and I know Matt felt the same way. All right, so let's get into these these good teams, Michael. Who uh, Hurts Alerts versus uh, Drip C? What, say your teams first. All right, Drip C's starting lineup. Yep. Nick Chubb, Debo Samuel, Ceh, Amon Ra, Dawson Knox, Irv Smith, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy G. Mm, okay. Solid squad. The QB2 could use some work, but... Reminder, this is a 16-team league, so if Dawson the, Knox is likely out, but he has Chase Edmonds on the bench. All right, it's guys. A good, it's a good team. So this guy, this... I mean, Hertz Alerts has a good team, too. Um, this is also tight end. It's tight end premium, by the way. Um, let's check it out. Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Judy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff. He's been riding the Jared Goff wagon, it seems. I think Drip C has a better team. I think Drip C has a, a little bit of a better team as well. All right, let's go into the uh, the matchup of the week uh, for this league. The, is, remember, we're gonna we're gonna highlight this matchup that has some uh, implications, uh, high. So definitely never going to be highlighted. And this one's easy. We just went over Hertz Alerts team, and he's playing Brandon, uh, the return of the TTV King, who is going is. Putting up a lineup of Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson, Gabriel Davis, Romeo Dubs, Lamar Jackson, and Ryan Tannehill uh, this week. And that's going up against a lineup of Kelsey, Samuel, Myers, Jacobs, Judy, Hilaire, Burrow, and Goff. He, uh, Brandon is the underdog by a little bit, although he just that just uh, switched because Jerry Judy only has two points right now. So Hertz Alerts actually um, is now projected 128 to Brandon's 131. So Michael, who has the edge here, the three and one Brandon or the four and zero oh Hertz Alerts? You know, I'm going with the underdog Brandon here. I think so too, man. Brandon has a good lineup, especially in a in a half point PPR. Yeah, I like T- Tannehill a lot this week. I'm worried about Gabriel Davis, obviously, but. Romeo Dubs coming along. Romeo Dubs, I I think there's room in this offense, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Lazard, it's going to be Dubs. I think there's room in this offense for Lazard and Dubs. Right now, uh, Dubs is getting like the the flashy plays, and everyone wants to see, but no one's no one's talking about Alan Lazard, who continues to get all the important catches. When the when it's coming down the crunch time, A Rod is looking for Alan Lazard. Just putting that out there. Yeah. All right, so Michael, what's the highlight matchup in your league? Well, I haven't even really looked at my league yet, Tim. We just talked about Team Drip C was 4-0. Matt is 4-0. We got a Team Michael, Mark what kind of what kind of shit is this? You know you should be, like, scouring the league in advance. I am scouring. I'm letting you know what's good with the standings. Do you want to not know what's good with the standings? Michael, stop. stop. Mark Ham is 3-1. There you go. Shout out to Mark. Team Thanks Zeke, 3-1 and in fourth place. Eagle 2080, 2-2 two and two in fifth. Austin City Limits in sixth. Team KV from BK, who I beat last week, has dropped down to seventh. Oh. He was in first after the first yeah, two Yeah, big drop there, Kev. What's going on? Team JRXDD in eighth at two and two. I'm in ninth at two and two. Jovid19 is two and two. Team Alexander the Great. He was saying his team is devastating and he's going to lose in the entire season. Back-to-back wins. Alex is coming back. Alex, by the way, the two-time champion of the Brodo Dynasty League, yeah. and he lets us know every single chance that he gets. Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so. I would be doing the same thing, man. That's impressive shit. My Balzac Ertz, two and two. No Baldies, one and three. No Baldies, nice. Huh? Team G Martini, one and three. 
Nick Lovin, 0-4, and Gary, 0-4. The only 0-4 teams. Two 0-4s and two 4-0s. I beat Team KV from BK um, last week to to win again. I just picked up Teddy Bridgewater. Spent a nice chunk of fab on him since I lost Trey Lance. Now I'm not looking completely useless at quarterback. I got Gino Bridgewater and Mariota. No one wants to hear about your shitty-ass team. Gives us the best yes, matchups, man. Your well, team Jake sucks. from IT gets a shout-out. 175 points last week. That was first in the league. Um Impressive, impressive performance that week. But this week we got, let's see which which is the best matchup here. We got a lot of lower tier matchups, but all right, we got a two versus five here. Matt versus Eagle twenty eighty. Matt is four and zero. Oh, Eagle twenty eighty is two and two in fifth place. Matt's in uh, second place, but his points aren't there. He's four and zero, oh, but the points aren't there. He's actually projected to lose by like fifteen. So, Tim, tell me who you think is going to win this matchup. I see. Matt has C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Michael Gallup, Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore, Jacoby Myers, Kyler Murray, and Justin Fields. George Pickens or Tyler Conklin if Michael Thomas isn't able to go. George Pickens was an interesting... uh, We didn't get to talk about him uh, this week, but... uh, Slim Pickens. He dominated the target share um, for the first time in his career, and that is a good piece of news because Chase Claypool has been playing like a trash can. So there is open. Yo, this game, the most exciting thing about this this Colts Broncos game that's going on right now is that there's just like batted balls that are flying like video game balls. It's like all across the field at high rates. Should have bet no touchdown. Bro, this game sucks. Yeah. Hertz alert. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh Eagle 20 Eagle 2080s team. Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley. Oh. This is a good start. Terry McLaurin, Tyler Higby, Ramondre Stevenson, Adam Thielen, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz. That's what I'm going with. I'm giving him the edge. Two and two yeah. with that team, huh? Eagle. Eagle. Eagle's going to get the edge there for me. The first place team is facing Alexander the Great, who's on a two-game winning streak. But Alex has Matt Ryan, who only has four points right now. So not ideal. Michael, do you know what is ideal? Following us on Twitter. Where could they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Jason, at BrotoFF Casanova, and at PsychWardFF. Um, special announcements. You know, Matt was already part of the Broto family, but we officially made it official uh, a few days ago. So, c- congratulations to. Uh, it feels weird saying congratulations to Matt, but congratulations to us for having Matt. Congratulations for Matt for being an official part of the Broto family and, and congratulations to y'all for getting to listen to Matt. That guy is never wrong. It's crazy. Like I expect him to be wrong every once in a while. It just never is. So shout out to Matt. Except uh, last week he disrespected the Jets said Deontay Johnson was a grand slam smash and I told him don't do it and Deontay Johnson sucked. Fine. Who's wrong one time? So there you go, Matt. Now you know how it feels to uh to not be able to defend yourself. <laughs> with that being said I had said, to do it to him. With that being said <laughs> Uh, shout out to y'all. Thank you for the uh, listen, if you're listening, and good luck in week five. Wow, it's week five already. Crazy. Uh, with that being said, we're out. But before we go out, um, there's this thing that I wanted to share with everyone about Matt as well. And Matt not only could not make it today, but also Matt is a chef. He is a chef. In his time, right? And he mentioned that... Um, he really likes making... What's that dish called where you have the eggs and it's got like the yolky type of creamy... Eggs Benedict? 